0: going to turn to Luke's gospel a moment. Luke's gospel in chapter 4. Luke's gospel chapter 4. Just going to read verses 8, sorry, verses 18 and 19. Luke's gospel 4, chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. This is Jesus speaking. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, Because he has anointed me, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, in me. The devil's got nothing on me, Jesus said in another place. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed and to proclaim the year, or in your version it may say the day of the Lord's favor. We're doing a series at the moment on basically Christian freedom. Jesus in John's Gospels, when talking about the devil, he said, the prince of this world has got nothing on me. And if you look at that up in various versions of the Bible, you will see that it means, and you can take it many different ways. It means when Jesus spoke of the devil, the devil had nothing on him, nothing to accuse him of. Okay, The devil had nothing in him, no evil spirit, no evil thought, there was nothing in him that belonged to the devil. He had nothing in common with the devil. And it's such a wonderful, you know, comprehensive take on Christian freedom. Because that is what is our inheritance. But getting to it is the, the, what this series is about. How do we get to that same place? Freedom? Well, you can look at it in many ways. He was free in deeds, as we saw in our first uh, part of this series. Jesus was free. He who the sun sets free is free in their deeds. Every day. Right? Free in their actions. Free to live and walk as you know you should and as you want to. You want to walk free. You want to walk right. You want to walk holy. Well, he who the sun sets free is free. And the more we say that, the more we hear that, the more we see it in the Scriptures especially, the more we're able to live that out. Free from what? Free from the law. Free from the accusations of the law. But we simplified it into those three concepts there. Free from the world, the flesh, and the devil. You see, friends, as you go through life, all of us have had a history. You could come up. I could call you up right now. And you could tell me your history. What's happened to you? About your parents. About the country that you were born in. The world. You know? And that's, you know, as we go through life, as we live in the world, it tries to put stuff on us. tries to leave stuff in us. The flesh does the same thing. And you might have something in your flesh. For example, someone may go through life and pick up the habit of smoking. They've got it in them. Ha! It became an addiction. I know, I smoked for over ten years. The devil had something in me. It was in my flesh. It was an addiction. started as a habit, and it ended up as an addiction. So I was a smoker. When I got saved, I had to bring that to Jesus and be set free from it. So the world can put stuff in you. The flesh can put stuff in you. And of course, the devil wants to put stuff in you. Beelzebub, right? Lord of the flies. Where the flies go out, or the demons go out, or the spirits go out. And you know what they're looking for in you? Same as any fly. They're looking for flesh. Looking for meat. Looking for something rotten. So that they can infest. So all of these things are ways in which things can get into us. And our goal, our purpose through this is to, through this series is to understand that. And then to deal with it. You see, if I've got stuff in me, do you know what it does? It messes up my life. It messes up my relationships. And then I can't fulfill my destiny. God's got a destiny for everyone. But if there's stuff in me, we refer to it as baggage actually, right? You'll often hear that in Christian circles. Oh, so and so has got so much baggage. I wonder if you've got baggage. I wonder what your history is, what your past is. And I wonder how much junk emotionally, spiritually, in your attitudes, in your expectations. I wonder how much of the past you actually carry through life, which you don't need to. I wonder how much is there. I wonder if you ever stopped even to think about that. I guarantee you, baggage from the past will spoil life. Can spoil life. Baggage from the past can spoil any relationship. Oh Lord, give me a relationship. I want a husband, I want a wife. Well, hang on a minute got a little bit of unpacking to do because you're not ready too much junk in there need to unpack some of this stuff get it out because you can't go forward like that right? baggage we call it and that's what we're going to look at this morning people pack differently and husbands and wives will certainly tell you this you know if a husband goes up to pack his bag and a wife goes up to pack her bag normally it's about world war three in our house you know (laughs) Um, Jeanette, we're going away for two days, that means ten pairs of shoes, five dresses. You don't need that, yes I do. You know what it's like, right? People's idea of packing is very different. All different. And you might need to just pause this morning and think back over your life and ask yourself, what sort of packer am I? How do I, what do I take with me through life? A guy called Frank who was split up into four categories. First of all, there's the handbag type person, right? Hopefully not men, but there's man bags as well. You know, I've got one myself over there, right? What's the handbag type person? The handbag type person is the type of person whose problems are not that big. They're not huge. They're not massive. They're manageable. They're okay. But you know what the problem is? (laughs) They've always got them with them. So it's like that person that's got a bad temper, But you don't often see it, but you always know it's there. You can push me, but just don't push me too far. It's not a massive problem. It's not a huge problem. But they've carried it for 20, 30 years. And that, my friend, will affect your relationships. But just because it's small, it's my little thing, my little attitude, my little way of reacting So the handbag type person, I think they get fooled. You know in the book of Proverbs it says not to be fooled by small issues in you. Puts it in loads of different ways. The fly that spoils the ointment in one place. In other words, a small little attitude that can spoil your relationships. Because people don't want to be around people with a bad temper. The Bible says have nothing to do with an angry man. Shall I go on? You see? Tiny little things that we think are not a problem, but they are, and they're always right at hand. Got my bag? Right here. That's the handbag type person. Secondly, there's the duffel bag type person. This is interesting because a duffel bag, if you like, is the type of thing that you would take for a special occasion. If you're going to college or if you're going to a gym or something like that, you wouldn't carry it every day. It's something that you would pack for an occasion. And this type of person, problems are bigger, but you don't see them as often. It's the person that you don't want to meet at Christmas. This person you don't want at a wedding or a funeral. Because they're the one that causes trouble. Not every day. It's not a handbag type situation. It's much bigger than that. The problems are deep. And when they bring that stuff out, man, wham, everybody knows it. Do you know the type? Amen? They'll be quiet for six months, ten months. But when they blow up, they do a lot of destruction, a lot of damage. The duffel bag type person. Thirdly, there's the suitcase type person. And this is very different from those first two attitudes or way of going through life. The suitcase type person really needs to stop at a minute, you know? This person, in my opinion, is probably not very nice very nice no problems in the church say or in their relationships very nice person but over life they've picked up hurts problems pains and they get to a point in life where they say do you know what I'm gonna do I'm moving (laughs) I'm off I'm out of here where's my case they're the sort of person that change marriages The sort of person that change cities. The sort of person that constantly change their job. Because they see the answer. They can't quite face or cope with all the junk and all the stuff that life puts in you. And they don't know how to get it out. So the answer is always over the rainbow, you know. The grass is always greener. And you will meet these people. In fact, when we do training for missionaries... One of the things that we always try to put in right at the beginning for anybody going on the mission field is you have to explain to them, by the way, if you're going to Australia or wherever, you know, when you get there, guess what? You're not going to be any more holy over there than you are here. You're not going to be any more godly. You're not going to change. And many people have that perspective. They think, oh, well, I get on the mission field or when I go here or do this, life will be easier. But it isn't and it won't be. In fact, the truth is it's often harder because you're out of your element. You see, a fish is in water, a bird is in the air and there you are. You've got to be careful of that type of suitcase, I'm out of here. It's a flight mode mentality, right? Because it doesn't work. One of the things these guys also forget, this type forget, is you know when you go, when you leave the country, leave the city, leave the job or leave your marriage, you know who's going with you? You are. You are. You can't leave yourself behind. And you know something else. When you go to that new job or you, you're gonna have to turn around to that case one day. And you're gonna have to open it up. And in there is you. And you're gonna have to unpack it sometime. You can't drag it with you all through life. In fact, that's the next type. The trunk. The last type of, type of packing, if you like. The way people deal with the hurts and the hassles of life. What is baggage? In today's way of looking at it, it's undealt with issues, unresolved problems, attitudes that should have been ironed out a long time ago, but never were. And somehow, we're still dragging them with us. And the last type of packer, if you like, is the trunk type person. Now, you may not have met these because you may not work with people, but if you work with larger groups of people, you will soon know the trunk type (laughs) very quickly. I know lots of these types. Once again, normally very nice people. They come to church every Sunday, very faithful. Never say a word. But you discover that they're a trunk type when you ask them often to do something. Say, you say, you know, we're going to have a cell or something in your area. Would you open up your house and let us have a cell group? Uh, uh, No. Okay, no problem few weeks go by, you say, "Uh, we're short on the ushers team. Would you become an usher? Uh, No. And somehow, very faithful, in church every week, very nice person, but you can keep your business. And the trunk types have difficulty just relating. And when you go, but you see, there's reasons for that. When you dig beneath the surface, what is it that's happened in your past that makes you so afraid? To actually, you know, open yourself up or relate to other believers. It's the sort of person who's gathered up the hurts of life and put them in eight. And you only discover they're, they're there when you talk about the future. When you talk about destiny and where you're going to go. You see, baggage is very dangerous and it will, if you leave it unchecked, mess up life, spoil relationships. And it definitely interferes with destiny, with God's purpose for you. Because we have to unpack as we go. So what's in your bag then? That's something we have to think about? What if you look inside yourself, and we're just talking negatively for the moment, what's in your life? What experiences have you picked up that you should have let go of? Right? Well, there's a list, a typical list. You see, the devil seeks... Look at me a moment. The devil seeks to get something in you. Okay? Nice and simple. He would call it his ace. His ace card. And every time you try to go forward in life, what will he play? Play his ace. He only needs one. So if there's some issue, let's say in your emotions, then every time, if you stand still, if you backslide, the devil will leave you alone, right? You just stay there. But you try to move forward, out comes the ace. Out comes the issue. Out comes the thing that he has got in you, right? So in terms of, say this is your trunk or your case or your handbag or your duffel bag, in your case it might be emotions. Maybe you find it hard to handle your emotions. You might still be angry at that person. You might still be very sad. You might be very bitter. You might still be in love with that person. Something in your emotions that the devil can play with or mess with. It could be sin. It could be big mistakes in your past. It could be character flaws. It could be something that you greatly regret over what you did or said. Of course, uh, abortion is a huge one today. When you deal with, with, with women who have come out of that, and of course, men in marriages as well, who have been tied up in that situation, needing to unpack that. And move on. Unforgiveness is so big, we'll take a week to deal with it, actually, in in the future. But you've got confused sexuality, and that's becoming so much more common now, you see, because of the societies in which we live. I actually had a friend of mine, his mum and dad both died when he was about seven, and he was adopted by his aunt. And unfortunately, his aunt was a lesbian, and she had a live-in lover, and he went at the age of seven to live with them. So he had, as it were, two mothers who slept in the same bedroom. And he grew up in that house. Now, I met that man when he was about 40, and I stayed with him for a while. Let me tell you, he was one confused individual. He castrated himself. He did. He did it himself. He didn't know where he, w- he was confused. You see, life will do this. We all go through life. He had picked up stuff through his childhood and I was talking with him, you've got to let that go. Life is like that. You've got to be careful. Don't let it do that to you. But he took a drastic step. You see, he had confused sexuality that was put on him by the world, put on him by other people, but he didn't have to accept it, did he? He didn't have to. He could, he should have known, because he was a Christian, he should have known that there was another way forward. Or you can have just addictions and habits. It says hobbits on my note. Don't put a hobbit in your handbag, okay? <laughs> habits, addictions, these things can you know, creep up like a vine and choke the, the life of God out of you. Now I hope you understand what I mean about an ace. Because it, it's the whole point of this series, the whole point of what Jesus is, is wanting you to see. Right? The devil always seeks that ace card. Something he can wind you up on. I had a guy come to me suffering with alcoholism. About 20 years or so, chronic alcoholism. He walked up the aisle of our church and I knew there was deliverance. I prayed, man, he was free. I knew he was free. Totally free. And from that moment, off he went. He was dry, stayed dry, walked away from alcohol. But in him, there was an issue of unforgiveness. He had had a big argument with a pastor. And man, that, that unforgiveness, And I tried to deal with it because it was in him. I was saying, you need to... Say, no, it was his fault. You need to let... No. Oh. But anyway, he stayed dry. Nine months, a year go by, and all of a sudden I get a phone call complaining about that pastor, complaining about that pastor. And I remember saying down the phone, do you know what your problem is? You want to drink. You want to go and get drunk. That, no, yes you do. And in you is unforgiveness. It's the devil's ace in you. And in order to get, it's a trigger you see. He's trying to give you a trigger. And he's looking at you. He's searching through you. And he's found in your heart unforgiveness. And he's stirring it up. And remember, sin leads to sin. More and more sin. Paul says it one thing will lead to another. Do not get drunk on wine, it leads to debauchery. One thing leads to another. One thing. And there was one thing in him and it was unforgiveness. And I'm talking away down the phone and of course, actually, he slipped on that one and went out and actually did go back on alcohol. Now listen carefully. So he gets drunk for a while and then he sobers up. And he's sober for a year. Do I get a phone call about the pastor then? No. Because the devil's off his case, but as soon as he wants a drink, what what happens? He starts complaining about this thing. It's stirring up in him. The devil's got something on him, and he uses it and plays that ace. And of course, that guy went round and round, and in fact, even to this very day, goes round in circles. So Jesus says, "The prince of this world is coming, and he's got nothing on me." You know, Satan knows how to push your button, right? He knows your hot spot. And what Jesus did is he didn't give him one. There's nothing in me. Because anything is too much. One thing is too much. And you can look on that list, guys. And just assess your own history. And see if there's anything in you. You see, who packed your bag? Who packed your bag in life? You see? Every time I go to the airport, they, said, they say to me, Who packed this bag? And I lie every time. I say, I did. I didn't. I'm fighting to lock me up, you know, blow it up or something. The fact is, I don't actually. Somebody else does. Jeanette. <laughs> I don't pack my bag. And the irony is, when you go through life, you might think you pack your bag. Don't answer this out loud. Who packed your bag? Who made you what you are? Because believe me, life experience, as I say, different things cause our bag to be what it is, our, our attitudes the way we are. Life experiences. Life is hard. Life is very unfair. Like Illumide shared this morning, Joseph and David, there's two individuals right there. Joseph hadn't done anything wrong and he ended up in prison. That's unfair. David hadn't done anything wrong. In fact, he had done everything right and he ends up with Saul trying to kill him. That's unfair. That's life. Life is unfair. And you can have a lot of different reactions to that, but you've got to be careful because life experiences will pack your bag for you. Right? I grew up in Belfast in the middle of a war zone with people being blown up and shot and killed with hatred all around us. And many people, many of my friends, people I went to school with, were in the Irish Republican Army, the IRA. Our two doors up from us was a friend. He killed three people. A guy I grew up with. Right? So many of those guys all around us getting involved in that. Letting life pack them with hatred with all kinds of stuff. Watch it. Other people can pack your bag. In fact, I was working for a long time with a a, a man. God help him. I feel very sorry for him. His mother just was not a very good mother. And as he was growing up, every day, she had about five kids, but she didn't like him. She was a mother who didn't like her. She loved him, I'm sure. She just didn't like him. And every day, this is what he said, every day when I was growing up, she would treat the other children. But to me, she would say, you're stupid. You're nothing. You're never going to make anything of your life. And on and on, she would pile it on year after year. Now, I met that guy when he was about 30. And you know what he was? A waste of time, if you like. He was useless, of no use in the world. He had accepted the baggage, was doing nothing, could see no future for himself. Well, she packed his bag all right. Who packed yours? And you need to think back and think about, you know, could be your mum, your dad, could be bullies in school, could be anything. But it can, it's not supposed to affect your whole life. When you get saved, there should have been a clean out. So life experiences can push stuff on you that you're not supposed to accept. And today, you can get rid of them. Other people can put stuff on you and that you do not need to accept. Friends, family, pastors, anybody. Anybody. You don't accept it. There's the devil, of course. He's constantly Beelzebub. Trying to make you a carrier. Right? Trying to put something in you. And there's yourself. You may never have paused to think about the junk of the past. This is, I mean, this is such a practical issue as well as a spiritual issue. Two years ago, we had two of the largest skips that you can imagine. Imagine the biggest skip that you can ever dream of. Well, we filled two of them with junk in this church, outside that door. And we're ready for another one. Because people keep on bringing, don't bring your stuff to the church. Right? Don't dump it here. Well, do this morning, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But you see how much of a problem it. Just as it is a practical problem, can't seem to let go. Don't throw that out. That's my old pet, hate, worry, concern, attitude. That's me. No, it's not. You're a new creation. And you can let that go. Amen? Amen. So think about what's in you. And remember what Jesus said. He said to you, cast your cares onto me. Cast your burdens. Cast your baggage onto me because I care for you. Don't carry that. Don't carry that, but let it go. As we read this morning, Luke chapter 4 and verses 18 to 19. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Every one of those is about freedom, guys. Every single one. The first one, good news to the poor. You know the word for the poor there? in, the, in the, the, the Greek, is the widest possible connotation you could have. In other words, Jesus is saying, if there's any lacking in you, if you lack any ability, if you lack anything whatsoever, I can replace that. I can make that up in you. If you will give it to him, of course. You need to hand over this morning any inability, any fear in that area. He says he will heal the broken hearted. Do you know grief? You know when you lose someone? and There's been a death here recently. You know when you lose someone, someone dies who's close to you? God gives you a thing called grief. And grief is from God. It's a godly, beautiful, wonderful thing. I cried my heart out from my gut when I buried my dad. Like my insides were coming out and with all my heart, grieved and wept. And then what did I do? And I walked away. And go on and glorify God in your life. Don't remain. Do you know if you continue in that, you know what it's called? Depression. And depression's not from God. And life does things to us. We get hurt, broken hearted. Relationships break up. People we love die. But you can't go on in that pain. That's not what's supposed to happen. You grieve and you let things go. Be it a relative, be it a relationship. He comes to heal the broken He comes to give liberty to captives. That means anything that you're captive in, a a, a habit, an addiction, a sin of any sort, he can give you liberty for that. One of the issues we've had more to deal with here than anything else is eating disorders. Bulimia. Anorexia. Again and again. Girls and boys. But there seems to be an awful lot of that around these days. Let me tell you something. You are not captive to that. You are not captive to that, right? Jesus Christ can say He came to bring liberty to those who feel like captives. I just can't stop doing it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. He came to give recovery of sight to the blind, and I love that one particularly because the word that's used again in the Greek is second sight. It's another chance. And I speak to those of you here maybe a little bit older. Maybe say 50, 60 plus. See that line there? You know what it means? It's the second sight. It's not first sight. He comes to give sight to the blind. It means you've gone through life. And you might feel like, that's it. Many people feel like, hold midlife crisis. Many people feel like that. And I think so much God speaks to that group and says, hey, guess what? I can give you a second vision, I can give you a new start, a new horizon, something you never dreamed of, liberty to captives, sight to the blind, to free the oppressed, oppressed by what? Sickness of any sort. And when does all this happen? Today. Today. You do not put it off to another day, you don't do what you've always done. But today, in fact, on the back of your notes, there's a little piece of yellow paper. And on that piece of yellow paper, what I want you to do is to write whatever it is in you that you want to give to God. You think, what, what ace card? Do you, no one's going to see your piece of paper, by the way. No one. It will be destroyed at the end of this meeting, but Pastor Tom be taken away. What is it? That if you think the devil was going to wind you up, what would he use? What is there in you? Now, God is into symbolism. You might not be, but he is. He told them to set up altars. He tells the sick man to rise up. He tells him to go and walk in a pool, uh, to wash in a pool. And today, what I want you to do is I want you to take that piece of yellow paper and to do something not just symbolic but I want you to do it nonetheless, write on that piece of paper what is in you that you never unpacked attitudes emotions unforgiveness inabilities habits problems what is in you that you know that you would like to get out well get it out Right, unpack it onto that piece of paper. Write it down. Okay? And what we're gonna do, there's rubbish bin here, and there's a rubbish bin halfway down the hall. And I'm gonna invite you in just a moment to get up and to put whatever it is in you into that bin. Jesus says this cast your burdens, your baggage, onto me, because I care for you. In other words, He can deal with it. And you can't. Be honest with yourself. Get it out of yourself and get it down there. And let's obey that scripture and cast onto Jesus what you know you shouldn't have in your life. I'm going to give you a few moments to do that. Put that paper in there. I want you to do that because it's something that you have to do in front of everyone. You humble yourself and acknowledge your weakness.
1: your head in prayer, okay? Lord, we thank you that you took all our sins upon you at the cross, and that you are big enough, big enough to take all the rubbish that is in our life. It was for freedom that you set us free, and we receive that in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would cast down any strongholds in our life, that you would break any curse that is in our life, that you would destroy any spirit of negativity that is in our life. We ask that you would bring healing to our bodies, to our minds, and to our emotions. We ask that you would release every one of us that is oppressed, spiritually, emotionally, and financially. And we ask, Lord, that you give us your yoke, that you give us your burden. And we ask that you set the captives free Hallelujah, in the mighty name of Jesus, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to today's program. I trust you have been blessed and edified by what you've heard. I wanna ask you to do something and that is to become a partner with us here at Preparing the Way. By doing so, you can help us to take these essential messages out to many other nations, many other people around the world. You can become a partner by visiting our website preparingtheway.tv and there you will find many ways that you can join up. Folks, it is a pleasure and an honor to partner with you in bringing in the end times harvest. God bless you and once again, thank you for listening.